Well, just in case you didn't know, I want to make sure that you know. Linked Up Church has the greatest dream team in the United States of America. Hold on, maybe you all didn't hear me. Maybe my voice didn't reflect loud enough. I said Linked Up Church has the greatest dream team in the United States of America. And somebody ought to put their hands together and open up their mouth and act like somebody got here early enough and prepared this place for you to be here and enjoy what you're getting ready to receive. Man, let's thank God for all of our volunteers. They are awesome from top to bottom. You can be seated. And so today is Connection Sunday. And so I want to take about 15 to 20 minutes or so this morning to just let you know and remind you of what it is that God has called you to be a part of and what your role is in it. And I'm telling you, it is not for the church. It is for you. This will cause your life to be enhanced, to grow, to be blessed in every aspect because you're partnering with God and what his purposes is for your life. And so all of us were created by God to make a difference. I mean, we weren't just born just to be here. We were born to make a difference, every single one of us. And so in the life of not just our own life, but in the life of another person, God has a place for you where your unique abilities and passions can touch the lives of others. So at Linked Up, through our dream team, small groups, you will belong to a community where all of that can happen, not just for you, but for other people as well. And so today... Just briefly, we're going to look at four keys to understanding God's vision for you. How many know God has a vision for you? If he created you, then he has a vision for you, right? And so it's up to us to cooperate with what that vision is. And so Paul, we know, planted the church at Philippi. And we're going to look at nuggets from each chapter, chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4, of what his heart was for that group of people. I don't believe, listen to me, I don't believe... God, I don't have to have a vision. God already gave the church a vision. And it's my responsibility to cooperate with that vision and share that vision with his people. And how many know as long as we do his vision, this church is going to prosper? So now, four keys to understanding God's vision for you. Number one, he desires for you to have a family to live a life of faith with. He desires, all of us want to be a part of a family, don't we, right? His desire is for you to have a family to live a life of faith with. Go with me to Philippians chapter 1. And as I read this, I couldn't help but think about the wonderful group of people that I get to pastor. And it really was my heart. Paul's heart for this group was really my heart for Linked Up Church. Listen to what Paul said here in verses 3 through 6. He said, I thank my God, New King James Version, upon every remembrance of you. Every time I think about you, I end up giving God thanks. Always and in every prayer of mine, making requests for you with joy. So every time he'd think about them, he'd give God the glory, and then it would fill his heart to a place where he'd have to pray for them. And just like Paul prayed for his people every day, I'm telling you, my wife and I, we pray for you all every day that you would be blessed, your marriages would be blessed. This is a big one, that you'd be debt-free. That's a big one for us right there, because this is a debt-free culture. 
is a good life culture. And so every time we think about you all, we realize that you all are so important to us that we wouldn't be here if you all didn't believe in us. That is big. You understand? To go from nothing to where God has brought us, I mean, people had to believe in us. And so I'm thanking God every time I think about you all for helping us get to where we are today. We couldn't have. Thank you, Linked Up Church. You all are the most awesome people in the world. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. This is Paul's heart for his people. Then he says, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. So it was important to Paul that what they started, they also finished. And then he said he was confident. Paul said, being confident in this very thing. That he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Listen to me, Linked Up Church. God is not done with you yet. He is only getting started. And what he starts, God is able to finish. So I don't want you to think you've lived your best days. Your best days are not behind you. Your best days are out in front of you because if God begun good, how do you know he's going to finish good? Listen to what the Message Bible says. Message Bible says, every time you cross my mind, I break out in exclamations of thanks to God. Each exclamation is a trigger to prayer. I find myself praying for you with a glad heart. I am so pleased that you have continued on with us, believing and proclaiming God's message from the day you heard it right up to this present. There has never been the slightest doubt in my mind that God who started this great work in you would bring it, uh, will, will keep it and bring it to a flourishing finish on the very day Christ returns. He just gave you a glimpse of what your end looks like. I mean, you know, you're not going to stagger to the finish line. You're going to flourish all the way to the finish line. I wish I had a little bit of faith in here today. That means wherever you're at right now, there's a next level for you. And then when you get there, there's another level beyond that. And with God, we don't stop. We just keep growing and going and flourishing it all the way until Jesus Christ returns to receive us. So he desires for you to have a family to live a life of faith with. God doesn't want you to be by yourself, right? I don't know what your story is. God wants you to do life with other people, not just at home, but I mean at church as well. A lot of cases, believe it or not, I'm closer to people at church, my blood family, than I am my own blood family. I don't know if you all caught that. I have family by blood, but I have another family by blood too. And I'm closer to my family by blood in a lot of cases than I am to my other family by blood. Because God wants us to live a life of faith together. See, because when something happens, how I many we all need to rush in there and be there for each other? That's not the time to talk about each other. That's the time to lift each other up. Number two, he desires for you to have friends who partner with you. So often today, we don't have friends anymore. You know why? Because we don't trust anyone. And, and, and really, I, I was having a conversation with Dr. Mike Freeman last week, and he just he, he gave me a nugget on that one. He said, that's your problem. God never, because when you come out of what we came out of, you look at everybody. You can, it's a tendency to look at everybody cockeyed. <laughs> come on, anybody else in here willing to be honest? You look, you, it's a tendency. You can look at everyone suspect, especially if they say things like, I love you and I got your back and I'll die for you. And 
we're here forever, and you're my brother for life. You know, and instantly something can go up like, I'm, let me watch this one right here. <laughs> and he said something to me. He said, God never called you to trust people. He called you to love people. Matter of fact, many places in Scripture, he said, don't even put your trust in man. He said, put your trust in me. And for whatever reason, a light went off in me, and I said, I got it. Because remember, if your trust is not in people, they can't hurt you. Oh, uh, y'all didn't hear me now. You, you, you only get hurt when you put all your trust in people. That's called misplaced trust. Right? And so that was revelation for me. And so God desires for us to have friends who partner with us. We all can be friends. Philippians chapter 2. Let's look at verses 1 through 4. He says, therefore, New King James Version, if there is any consolation in Christ, any comfort of love, any fellowship of the Spirit, listen to all these terms of endearment, any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy. In other words, make my heart glad by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. Say, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. And I've learned, folks, at the end of the day, it's not about what kind of car I drive, what kind of house I live in, how much money I make. I mean, at the end of the day, it's not even about those things. It's about how many, how much of a difference did I make in other people's lives? Come on, whose life did I help pick up and pull up? Whose life got better as a result of me being in? Who went from last to first because I decided to be a friend to him? At the end of the day, folks, I believe God only lifts us up so that we can reach back down to lift somebody else up. And the more of a difference you make in somebody else's life, I mean, oh, God will send people into your life that will make a difference, and you'll get pulled up as you're pulling other people up. Listen to what the Message Bible says here. If you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, come on, has God's love made any difference in your life? Come on, say that like you mean it. Has God's love made any difference in your life? Do you see improvement in your life as a result of the goodness of God in it? He wants you to share that with other people. Listen to what, what he's saying here, his plea here. He said, if it's made any difference in your life, if being in a, in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor. Agree with each other. Don't argue with each other. Don't fight each other. You know, you can be 100% right, but when you see a person just bent on what they believe, just say, okay. I mean, that'll help your marriage go a long way right there. When you 100% know what you believe, right, but it's not worth it, and you just agree. This blessed me so much. Agree with each other, love each other, be deep-spirited friends. Don't push your way up to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourself long enough to lend a helping hand. Somebody ought to shout amen to that right there. 
See, if we can just forget ourselves long enough, we'll realize that someone else is in worse shape than we are. Oh, my God. Right? And if we can just get out of ourselves and say, God, even though I'm going through what I'm going through, use me to help somebody else that's in a worse situation than I am. And what you won't realize, what you'll, you'll come to realize is that as you help the other person, you ended up helping yourself. Number three, so he desires for you to have friends who partner with you. Folks, I want a friendly church where we all get along and look out for each other. I want us to be a place that when we hear somebody talking about another brother or sister in Christ, we stop them right in their tracks. And we say, is that fruitful? How's that helping that person? Right? And then say, instead of talking about them, let's pray for them. And then let's see if God wants to use us to help them. Isn't that good? Number three, he desires for you to have a spiritual foundation on which you can grow. Go to Philippians chapter three. Philippians chapter three. We're looking at the whole letter and we're pulling out bullets in each chapter here. Philippians chapter three. He desires for you to have a spiritual foundation on which you can grow. Paul here writing to the church of Philippi, look at what he says in verse 12. It says, not that I have already attained. Paul's saying, I haven't arrived. How many of y'all, none of us have arrived? And anyone who acts like they have is really showing you how far they have to go. None of us have arrived from the platform all the way out to the parking lot. We all can grow from wherever we're at. Would everyone agree with that, right? And so he says here, Paul, if Paul could say that, because he was a very accomplished man, then that should be all of our posture. He says, not as though I've already attained or am already matured or perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. He said, I don't consider that I have arrived, but one thing I do, and if we could all just learn to master this, Forget your past. It doesn't matter. Yesterday is gone. There's nothing you can do to change it. That's a word for somebody in here. Yeah, you messed up, but who hasn't? Who hasn't? Everyone in here has made not just small mistakes, big mistakes. Right? I've learned to process it this way. I really didn't lose. I learned a lesson. And so I can learn from that loss what I need to do to get better. What people want to do is keep reminding you of the loss because that's what losers do. And you can't let people take you backwards. Come on, I'm preaching better than you saying amen. You've got to forget everything that happened from yesterday on because your future is too bright for you to try to live in your past. Paul said, I forget those things which are behind and I reach forward to the things which are ahead. Somebody need to put their glasses on in this sanctuary right now, sunglasses. Put them on right now. If they're on your head, in your pocket, put your sunglasses on right now. If you don't have your sunglasses, act like your sunglasses are on right now. You know why? Because your future is just lit. That I'm talking about whether the natural sun is out or not, you need your sunglasses on because you can see what everybody else can't see. Come on, I'm preaching better than anybody is saying amen in here right now. 
I'm talking about you see a debt-free future. You see your children successful. Come on, I see us walking in that building the summer of 2018. Come on, ribbon-cutting ceremony. Come on, I see all the dignitaries. I see the mirror powder sprays. Come on, somebody. The future is bright for Linked Up Church and every member of that church. Somebody shout hallelujah in this place. Come on, I see businesses prospering. Come on, I see jobs prospering. Come on, I see everything that you've ever believed for. I see it coming to pass in your life because you're going to press towards that end. But guess what, folks? Don't press after the stuff. Press after Jesus. That's where you win. And then what you'll look up and see is that all the stuff pressed after you. I'm talking about to the point where you have to ask yourself, is this for me or is this for somebody else? Because I got a lot of this kind of stuff right now. Paul said the key to that was being able to forget your past. See? And then focusing, redirecting. You ever notice the enemy always tries to take you backwards? Right? In any situation, he wants to remind you of what happened. Do you remember when they did this to you 25 years ago? <laughs> Folks, we got a master letting that stuff go. Listen, I've learned I can't have a great relationship with people in the future if I'm dealing with them based off of our past. Message Bible was so good on this. Paul said in that New King James Version, I press towards the goal of the prize of the high calling of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Philippians in that Message Bible says, I'm not saying that I have this all together. And that should always be our position. We have a foundation. But how many know we need to grow from that foundation? The moment you think that you've arrived, you actually begin to go backwards. Yes. Message Bible says, I'm not saying that I have this all together or that I even have it made. But I'm well on my way reaching out for Christ who has so wonderfully reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all of this. But I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I'm off and running, and I'm not turning back. My prayer for every person in this building is that you finish and you allow God to finish what he started in your heart. Do not turn back. Listen to me. There's no way to go anyway. Number four, he desires for you to have a fulfilling place to make a difference. Look at verses 8 and 9, then we'll read verse 13. Philippians chapter 4, chapter 4. We'll begin to close right here for today. Philippians chapter 4, 8 and 9. It says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, Whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report. Watch this. If there be any virtue and if there be any praiseworthy, listen to what he says. Meditate on these things. 
Folks, you've got to learn how to be a positive thinker. You cannot achieve positive results with a negative attitude. Let me try this side of the room over here. So what you'll notice is that you'll find yourself meditating on negative things because the enemy's job is to just put negative thoughts in your head. They don't like you. They said this about you. He don't want to be with you. He don't like you. They're, going to, they're, they're concocting a scheme to fire you. All of this negativity. You've got to learn how to get rid of all of that and meditate on positive things. You've got to cast down every negative thought, bring it into captivity, and become a positive person. I mean, you can find good in every situation. Right? Listen, in, in a marriage, there's a whole lot of good, there's a whole lot of bad. It's just where's your focus? Right? It's just where's your focus, right? You can choose. I'm telling you, there's way more good than there is bad. But there's bad and challenges in every marriage. The issue is where do you want to park? Come on, I'm preaching better than you all saying amen. We can look at our friends the exact same way. We can look at everyone in our life that way. We can find a reason to not like them. But it takes character to find a reason to love them. Because everyone has something we can focus on to love about them. Discipline yourself to meditate on positive things all the time. See yourself finishing. See yourself making the shot before you make the shot. See yourself getting the job before you get the job. Come on, see yourself being promoted before you ever get promoted. Come on, see yourself burning your house note, your mortgage, before you burn the mortgage. Because you're not going to get there if you're not meditating on getting there. Come on, I'm preaching better than you all saying that. You've got to learn how to meditate on everything positive. Negative people will drain the life out of you. You can try to be positive with a negative person, and they're going to bring negative out of your heart to be positive. What I'm saying, the culture we're trying to create here, you can't try to create this. You've got to be this, is that we're just positive people. We see the good in everything. could be a bad day in the natural, but if you ask me, I'm getting ready to tell you this is the day that the Lord has made. It started out wrong, but it's getting ready to end up right. Come on, somebody. And God's getting ready to bring good out of every challenge and situation I face today. You see how you can say that? You don't have to deny the reality of what you're seeing. You just got to make sure that you see it in a positive way. Because if you see it negative, it's going to produce negative results. That's okay. You can go ahead and give God some praise right there. That's a good nugget for somebody in here. That's a discipline. You've got to practice that every single day. See, I compliment my wife every day. I compliment my children every day. I speak life into them. They could have just did bad on an exam. I'm still getting ready to tell them that's just one exam. You're the smartest person in the school. Your comeback is getting ready to be so much greater than that setback. My daughter was disappointed in the last SAT test she took. She took to retake it today. She did well on it. She didn't do as well as she wanted to. She went and retook it on yesterday. I told her, I said, you have the mind of Christ, baby. 
You have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. His job is to bring everything back to your remembrance. Everything that you study, answer is going to pop up off the exam. Now go ace that exam. It was so refreshing to my heart to see her come home. Just give me a thumbs up. I knew she felt good about that. How I many you know that's much better than saying to them, now you know you didn't do that well on it the last time. And, and, and so that's because your attitude was bad. And then we send them out all wrong. says, the things which you have learned and received and heard in me, these do. And the God of irony will be with you. The God of peace. The God of quietness, rest. The God of prosperity. The God who desires to set you at one again. Paul is saying he'll be with you through whatever it is that you're going through. And how many know if God is with you, if God is on your side, does not matter what man is trying to do to you. Come on, a 1,000 can fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand. If God is with you, you'll come out prosperous while everybody else is going down. Paul said the things that you've heard, the things that you've learned, the things that you've seen in me, he said, do those things. The God of peace will be with you. You can have confidence when you know the God of peace is with you. Hallelujah. Then Paul said in verse 13, I can do all things through Christ, King James Version says, which strengthens me. Now, how many know Christ is not Jesus' last name? Everyone knows that, right? Christ, there is a Greek word, Christos, and it's referring to the anointing. So what Paul is saying is I can do everything through the anointing which strengthens me. 1 John chapter 20 tells us to abide in the anointing. How many of y'all know the word of God or Jesus is the anointed? The word became flesh, right? So the more I abide in the truth, how many of y'all know the more I'm going to abide in the anointing? The more I abide in the truth, how, the more anointed I'll be. And then that truth and the anointing will strengthen me from the inside and then be on me so that I can carry out service. Listen, there's nothing you can't do with God on your side. A lot of times we don't do things because we don't believe we can do them. But I'm telling you, if you get uncooperate with that anointing, God will cause you to do stuff you can't even believe you can do. Really, I'm as shocked as anybody in this building. We've done all of this in three and a half years. But guess what? I also realize it's the anointing that's done all of this in three and a half years. All we've got to do is cooperate with that. I can almost think back over every assignment I've ever been asked to do. Uh, be a campus minister. I told the leader at that time, that's not what I'm called to do. He said, do it for me. And then a grace came on me to do that assignment. Then I'm brought in to be a youth minister. I'm like, I'm not called to be a youth minister. Do it for me. And then an anointing and a grace came on me to do that. I remember when I was called in to be a director of education. I said, that's not who I am. That's not who I am. That's, I'm a coach. I'm a business guy. I'm, I'm youth. I'm programs. He said, just do it for me. Then an anointing came and, and grew in the position. You all will be shocked when God asks me to pastor this. I don't want to pastor this. <laughs> We've been playing a game. You all don't realize this for about three and a half years. I was praying, Lord, let it fail fast if this is not you. 
But if it is you, I'll do it. When that building showed up and we paid cash for it, I said, I better get my act together real fast. But I won't have much longer to play this game with God. You all understand? But what's my point here? That if you have a willing heart, God will anoint you for the assignment. Come on, I'm preaching better than you saying amen in here today. If you have a willing heart. And so you might ask yourself the question, how do I get connected with a small group? How do I do it? Or how do I join? Or how do I get linked up with a dream team? So we have an expo today. We believe every member is called to serve. Every single one of you. None of you should be a bench warmer. You better say a stronger amen than that. Amen. Remember, God called you for a purpose and, and significance and to make a difference in your life and in the life of somebody else, right? Greatest thing you can do is help lift somebody up in their time of need, especially if you have a need. What can you do? Fill out a Dream Team leadership application and honor code, right? All of this is up on the screen. Observe the Dream Team that you would like to serve on. Follow up with the ministry leader for your next steps. How do I get connected with a small group? Folks, we've got to do life together. I'm telling you, my wife and I, we're going to get some motorcycles. <laughs> this is a true story. And we're going to ride connected. We're going to meet a group of people. Now, mine will have three wheels on it. Let me just put that out here first. Before the fellas, before y'all start talking about me. My insurance doesn't allow me to ride two wheels. Plus, my baby loves this three-wheeler, so I told her, I told her I'd get one with you and ride with you. <laughs> but I can't wait, man. I'm telling you, we're going to ride connected. Can't wait for that one. So what can you do? Small group. Find a group by contacting the church office, visiting our website at linkedupchurch.com, or emailing smallgroups at linkedupchurch.com. Contact the leader. If you desire to lead a group, attend the small group leader orientation. Get equipped to lead a group that you are passionate about. Then commit for a semester at a time. New groups start three semesters each year. Spring is January through April. Summer is June, July. Fall is September through December. Most groups are open to new members throughout the semester. Experience a life change. We believe that through dream teams and small groups, that's where all the change takes place in your life. You'll never fully experience all that Linked Up Church has to offer until you connect either through dream team or small group. That's when you're connected here. You've gone from being saved, discovering your purpose. Now you're connected. Small groups uh, were vital to the first century's church's uh, growth. They're just as vital to us now. Life is not meant to be lived alone. You were created to experience life with other people. Groups come in all shapes and sizes that fit your interests in life. Find a group that fits you or start one on your own. Linked Up Church, it's time to get connected. It's time. We've got such a wonderful opportunity out in front of us. Let me sh just share with you briefly what the Lord is showing me. When we go into this building debt-free, the growth is going to be so explosive that if we're not prepared for it, it's going to overrun us because everyone will want to come and see what the Lord has done. So there's going to be a come and see moment 
that we must be prepared for. The time to get ready is not when we get in the building. The time to get ready is right now for where we're going. Let's all stand to our feet because I want to pray for each person in this room today. I just want you to lift your hands to the Father. And I want to pray a general prayer from a pastor's or heart to the heart of the people that God has sent them to serve. And so if you would, just lift your hands up towards heaven. And I want to deposit something into your spirit today. And so, Father, for every person that you've placed under our care, Father, every person that has decreed and declared that this is their home, Father, my prayer for their heart is that they'll find their place in this local body, be it in dream teams or small groups, Father, wherever it may be. Father, download into their spirits right now what it is is you desire for them to do. Father, show them what their next step is. Use us to help prepare them for that next step. Bring every person in this room to a place of discovery. And Father, my prayer is that 100% of this church to say that their members will be connected through dream team or small groups. I thank you, Father. That is your vision for your people. I thank you that that vision comes to pass in this local body. In Jesus' name.